Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And we are back. Um, uh, whenever this is, I, I the, the the timeline's still skewed. I think we'll catch up. I think that we will uh, at some point, like we're staggered a couple behind, like with our episodes in the tank, but. Um, being as I'm getting married in three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, there will probably Yay! be a window or two, uh, uh, where we can air an old, uh, well, not an old, it'll be new to you, new to you, the audience, old to us, Katie and I. Um, mm-hmm. but then, yes, so at some point there will be a transition between, uh, fiance Luke and and husband Luke, and we'll see if we can hear a, di- a, a difference in my voice. Um, so yeah, super exciting. Taylor's already gone home. Uh, wow, she's already went back. So I'm I'm all alone in this in this apartment with just my two cats. Um, uh, until I'm a married man. So that's like three weeks here. Um, mm-hmm. that last week, I think, uh, my buddy Anthony is going to visit me, um, and he's one of my groomsmen, so we're going to go back together, but I'll tell you, man, it's an interesting thing, uh, uh, trying to do the whole wedding thing in the midst of, uh, uh have you heard about this pandemic we're having globally? <laughs> I haven't. Tell me about it. Um, there's, it's a, people are sick, Katie. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh. We're figuring it out, and it's going to be different than we ever expected, but that will make it mm-hmm. unique, and you, you, you know, you, that's breath, as an indie filmmaker, I was, I was saying to Taylor, I was mansplaining this, um, <laughs> no, I was saying, like, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, pay for that production value, um, uh, like, we, we would, we would have never expected to, like, these events to throw our shit into, like, uh, disarray, it's not like, it's not like our wedding's falling apart because uh, we like don't like each other or something. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a matter of it's a matter of like super weird high conflict stakes. It's like we're 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 living a we're living a cool screenplay. We're living a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's no in the army now. Fuck, dude, <laughs> I am so good at transitioning. Like the fact that yeah. we're not getting paid for this podcast is stupid. I know uh, it's it's like, dumb absurd right like the segues have been fucking so silky um (laughs) if i do say so maybe i'm just in a good mood i've had my coffee uh but yeah in the army now katie talk because i've been talking for a while i'm feeling myself too much okay so uh this was your pick this week and it stars Polly shore and Andy Dick as two kind of slacker guys who decide to join the Army Reserves because they don't think that they'll ever get called for active duty. And they want to do the bare minimum of work to get some money in order to open up a electronic store, if I understand correctly. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> a speaker store, whatever. Yes, I think it's an electronic. Yeah. Jack and Boneses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, they ended up being called for service. And uh, wacky hijinks ensue. This apparently is the third movie that Polly Shore was... um, He signed a contract with Disney to do a three-movie deal, and this was the last one. Really? So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, the first one was Encino Man, then it was Son-in-Law, and this one was the, the final one. So was that like a Buena Vista trilogy or whatever? 
I, you know, I didn't look too deeply into it, but I, I read that it, w- it had something to do with Disney. How interesting that, like, we live in that, like, we lived uh, briefly in that world where Disney was uh, putting out movies like that, and, like, uh, I think Splash was one, and, like, Disney was also, like, had Miramax for a while and stuff. Like, it's so weird to think that. Um, yeah, th- there's definitely a lot of um, sexual jokes in this movie. Oh, hell and, yeah. And uh, a lot of sexual references, because PG used to mean an entirely different thing. And nothing is nothing that's shown as graphic, of course. It's all dialogue. But I feel like these days, this would have been more of a PG-13 than a PG. Is this only rated PG? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I guess I, I did not even... Oh my god, I didn't even fucking realize that. That's so funny. I'm sitting here calling mm-hmm. it an adult movie, because in my head... I'm like, this movie's got to be 13 to R, but mm-hmm. I, now I'm like, I guess there are no curse words, are there? And I guess, and like, there's no there... real violence. No, it's all insinuated. And I mean, there are a couple of stoners, obviously, but they're never smoking or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's all implied. That's so, whoa, what a weird revelation. I guess I never, ever thought about that. Yeah, you're right. This would probably lean PG-13 still. Um, um. I will say I have a lot of ideas. I think the fir- I think the front half is a lot better um, than the back half. But I'm super intrigued. Uh, as a is this your first time? Are you, is this a first watch? This is a first watch for me. Okay, so like I always like to know going in. Do you did you just despise this movie? Absolutely. Oh, that's okay. Why do you hate it? I need to know. <laughs> well, for one thing, the portrayal of women. Um, there's a like yes, very th- bad just very very bad like either like there's this beautiful gal who's with the Polly Shore's character for some reason and then she breaks up with him with no rhyme or reason <laughs> near like at I think near the end of the second act so that yeah, Polly Shore's character like can instead be with Lori Petty and mm-hmm. who's very aggressively sexual and he yeah, just comes which off is as a weird creep. as hell like in all of his interactions with women there's a really unfortunate gay joke scene where they try to get out of going on to active duty by oh, pretending yeah. that they pretend that they're lovers and andy dick makes a uh bad trans joke at some point god damn um, it he does yeah all right let's rewind <laughs> katie i don't think this movie is very funny <laughs> um it's okay i mean i understand that we're coming at completely different places with it no, um, it's it's another. I feel like this is like it's another instance where I have to like cognitively reframe, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I noticed that you know, I so I definitely that joke from Andy Dick stuck out. Andy Dick's problematic enough, but yeah, his 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 joke stuck out. And then yeah, that's another instance of um, when yeah they're trying to skip duty by by pretending they're lovers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um unfortunate i think i think everything that i found myself enjoying in the rewatch is in the first uh let's say first like 30 minutes um and then uh everything after basic training especially is when the plot like every 10 minutes changes like an entire cast and like mm-hmm. uh, location and like it's like now I have to learn 
all of the like like all this new information it, that's where things start to get really sketchy in my opinion like legitimately mm-hmm. sketchy like um it was pieced together to 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 make a second half of a flick what what i will say that i do think is interesting about it because i you know it's so easy to dismiss something that you don't like is like ah oh, whatever it's dumb but what i do think is interesting about this film is that they're part of the water purification part of the army reserves and they actually do kind of walk you through how that works in a sense and it it makes sense that that's what they would do and uh, apparently Polly Shore actually learned how to do it himself so that he could better portray it through the character so I do like the bit of realism that's there I do feel like I learned something from watching this movie but um yeah, when they when they went to uh, Chad, I wasn't sure at all where this movie was going, because uh, I I honestly thought they were never gonna leave basic training. Like I thought it was just going to be the uh, female drill sergeant and Polly Shore for yeah, like the no. rest of the movie. No, it's weird. It's weird. It's like uh, <clears throat> it it like it, like it's a lot of subplots. Weirdly, and they never mm-hmm. decide the tone. Like. That's why, like, the introduction, I think, of, of Jack and Bones is uh, decent, and we get a feel for who they are and where they're at in life, and then when they join up and stuff, that makes sense. But, yeah, like, even once you get to basic, that drill sergeant character there becomes, like, a main-ass character, which then mm-hmm. doesn't matter because you get another, which then doesn't matter because there's another. And, and maybe that's – I'm not in the military. I'm not a, from a military family, so maybe that is, like, sort of how it goes. Um, maybe mm-hmm. that's a smart story perk. Um, but I was sitting there watching it and I was like, this is a 90 minute flick. And I was like, how is this not, I, I, I was like, why is this not everything that a 90 minute comedy from the early to mid nineties needs to be like, it doesn't have to be super high mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, I see the 6% on Rotten Tomatoes and it's like, <laughs> I was, yeah. I was, I was watching this, <clears throat> uh, as like a middle schooler. Cause it was like on TV mm-hmm. and, uh, like so like obviously i got to it late but i think that's the audience and the fact that you say it's pg makes way more sense now because it's like that that humor is like consistently the humor is probably targeting like preteen level of sense of humor um I do which think is probably that... why it struck so hard go ahead yeah I do think that's that was the for my understanding. I haven't watched a lot of Polly Shore films, but I do think that trilogy specifically was probably targeted towards like middle school kids. Though and, and I gotta say, uh, I know that you're you, you really enjoy like the first thirty minutes of this, but correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't so Polly Shore is trying to make to not get fired from the electronics <laughs> store that him and Andy Dick are working at. Yeah. And in doing the so, he enlists his girlfriend. Boys. Yeah, he enlists his girlfriend to help convince their boss that he can actually sell something. And then he takes the girlfriend to the back room and tries to convince her to have sex. And then Andy Dick starts filming it. And oh, they accidentally wow. broadcast it to the rest of the store. That's how it happens, right? Did I, did I misremember it? You're not misremembering. <laughs> it's it's a bad movie i i guess i guess um yeah i i have i don't have defense 
because when you lay it out on the table, which I obviously have not since being a young young boy, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's another case of oof. Yeah, I I was talking more about like the funny Polly Shore lines, mm-hmm. not necessarily like how apparently every inch of it laid out is problematic. <laughs> Uh, I I thought the I thought the I was that an that suit's got to be Armani and JC Penny like mm-hmm. I I thought that was funny but yeah you know we find ourselves in this interesting spot uh like here here I thought oh like that was a movie I just thought of off the cuff I was like mm-hmm. I was like oh dude love that movie growing up let's let's hit it and mm-hmm. and it's not. It's not good, Katie. The movie sometimes the movies that shaped us just aren't good movies, and like, I don't know if that makes. Hopefully, it doesn't make mold people into bad people because hopefully I'm not just mm-hmm. a piece of shit. But uh, I think at least acknowledging it is good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this could be a short episode then, because <laughs> it's really the only the life of the party is really just the Polly Shore jokes and. Yeah. There's not a lot else going on aside from But you know what I wanted to ask you? Is sure. like why is this movie um shit on dogged on what make but but stripes is so uh kind of held in high esteem. I cannot seen... answer that because I've never seen Stripes, but I it's did kind see of... on the Wikipedia page that they were like, Why do we need this movie? We already have stripes. Yeah, well, this is definitely a worse stripes. I'm not. I'm. Not, it's definitely mm-hmm. a '90s stripes. Uh, with historic history, will probably. I I would I would say history is gonna prove that Ramus and Bill Murray are gonna stand uh, the test of time over Polly Shore and Andy Dick. But mm-hmm. uh, so I'll give you that. And obviously, I guess maybe that's my answer. Um, but plot wise, is it that much different of a flick? Am I being, am I being, am I apples to oranging it? I hope not. Uh, but that's something I wonder, cause I grew up, my dad loved Stripes. I grew up watching Stripes as well. And I, I didn't mm-hmm. see much difference between the two. Um, but maybe that's me just again, being, uh, ignorant or, or being over, oversimplifying, uh, just to, to play devil's advocate because we need conflict in the podcast katie because <laughs> because people are t- people are tuning out right now they're saying yeah they're saying look Polly shore and andy dick's movie in the army now is fucked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's canceled <laughs> and 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 here and, and not only that but now i'm pissing on the grave of of harold ramus so I, I don't i don't know maybe we lost all listeners I do think it's interesting. I can't recall, and I, I thought about this while watching this movie. For th- this was, you're right. Like the the kind of like stripes for the '90s. Did we have something similar like that for the 2000s or the 2010s? Because I can't recall like a big army comedy. Did you see the Wayans Brothers' Major Pain? Oh no! But I I do remember when that was out. Um, I'd never. S- I don't remember it very well, but I'm, that was probably like two thousand, two thousand flat or something like that. Um, and I'm, I don't know if it was. It was probably like, I don't think it was the same kind of plot. But mm-hmm. I know it was a army com or not army, but like a sort of military comedy. Outside of that, 
um, I don't know, Cadet Kelly. Uh, right, Cadet Kelly. Disney, and I just Disney got, Channel. Oh, with your girl, Hillary Duff. And, yeah, that's right. A couple. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano from Even Stevens. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love Christy yeah. Carlson Romano. Oh, a couple Romano. of Disney fucking legends, Disney Channel originals. And uh, Erica just whispered in my ear the Delta Farce with Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, yeah. Was Delta Farce. Some of those blue okay. collar boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm sure we're probably missing some. You know, uh, I will say uh, watching it, um, aside from like the like weird sexual aggress- aggression of uh, the poorly written women characters, and aside from... Uh, a transphobic joke and a bad gay joke and uh, well there's no good gay joke you got me um <laughs> but aside from that uh, my thing i kept thinking was like oh maybe this is just like not taken well because like people's families go to the military and die yeah um and like you know in the in in the most harrowing of fucking like uh places there is like in combat and war so maybe poly shore like jumping around the desert could offend a lot of people just on that alone mm-hmm. uh so like that was the thing that stuck out to me maybe as the the ringing thing just like on concept like conceptually it's like is that just not a well to to go to to try and like fall into like is that even worth uh, producing a movie around that premise. Like I, I get it in 92 to 94 or whatever. And like, but like who's, there's probably a reason why we're not pitching that anymore. Like mm. it, it's, it's just kind of like, it's, it's definitely a turbulent thing to do. And maybe post nine 11, we're especially not making jokes about going to war in the middle East and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that's why we don't see him. Um, it's for the best. Cause like, obviously, uh it's not the highest quality it's it's no it's no uh zero dark 30 uh Mm -hmm. or anything like that so maybe that's the deal is people want subjects like this treated with um respect or gravity or you know what i mean as opposed to uh a delta farce starring labeled Mm -hmm. larry the cable guy (laughs) there there is a um i can think of one military comedy that's coming up either next year or the following year, which is based on a memoir that I read, actually. It's called The Greatest Beer Run. Uh, I think it might be just The the Greatest Beer Run Ever Ran or something like that. I've seen this kicked around. Uh, Go, But I don't know anything about it. I I just saw the title the other day. So uh, the memoir, which is wonderful, I highly recommend it. Uh, I guess um, it was like a self-published book, if I understand. And I think it might have been, it was a beer company who was the first to take notice of it. Um, And they did like a spot about the real guy. And the real guy had served in Vietnam. And he came back to his neighborhood in, I believe, New York. And realized that everybody that was coming back wasn't necessarily being treated well. Because the Vietnam War was not terribly popular. And he, uh, he took it upon himself to be like... I want to show these guys that I, that, you know, we have their back. And he, um, put, he got like a knapsack of a bunch of beers and I think it might've been Pabst Blue Ribbon and just went back to Vietnam to like go to all the places where all these guys from his neighborhood were stationed and just give them a beer and be like, we're still thinking about you in the U S 
And uh, I, the scribes that wrote Green Book are writing this one. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, yeah. Oscar, Oscar winners. Um, so by extension, yeah, that's right? an interesting case because there it's um, it's based on a true story, even though it is a comedy, and it's the Vietnam War. So there's a bit of distance, and I think distance is key. That it's it's very difficult to um, to make war movies about the now in a lot of sense. I mean, they do happen, but I do think it's a bit touchier when it's actually happening in real time. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, like, if if I think of what's really in the last couple of years, Dunkirk comes to mind, and uh, also mm-hmm. um, what was the one we just had? 1912. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Uh, which was mm-hmm. like, and even Wonder Woman was World War One. People are like going. I mean, the, I guess those are the wars though that every everybody's kind of covered. Vietnam has been even kind of super touched upon but you're right it's not it's not making a vietnam movie in the 70s or 80s like i guess we are a bit Mm -hmm. away and you're right like i I, this does sound um like it's in good hands uh i never saw green book i know it's divisive um but you know they did win the big award the movie did Mm -hmm. so apparently uh this story is in um some peeps that know how to write there's no arguing about that so um yeah i mean i'd, I'd love to see that i i that, I'm, I, I keep thinking of like the best war epic i can think of or like anything like that is in recent memory is like captain america first avenger i just love that shit mm. that's oh, a, i did too that's, that's my that's favorite marvel movie flick yeah dude i fucking so respect you saying that i wouldn't say it's my favorite (laughs) but it's so high up and like it's under it's super underrated and underappreciated people make me cringe when they're like oh like winter soldier is fucking incredible and it was game changing for the mcu all this good stuff but there's a a few few origin movies for any uh comic book character let alone like you know big time big screen debut as strong as first avenger um, and the fact that those screenwriters talk about fucking screenwriting in good hands, uh, mm-hmm. the fact that Marcus and McFeely, did I already say this on our last episode? I probably did. But the fact that the, I just love those dudes that they did <laughs> all three caps plus infinity war and Endgame, and had the co-write on, uh, Thor the dark world, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm. like all those movies are so distinctly different. Like, I mean, they're all the same characters and they're all so goddamn different. Um, that's the sort of that's the sort of range a writer should aspire to. Those people like on the top of their craft. Um, I'm I'm just always so impressed by that. I don't think I could ever do that. I think I I, I can only. I feel like only comfortable in a certain small window. Even Infinity War and Endgame are so distinctly different. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> it all comes back to the to the MCU and the DCU. When we get back, when we get down to it, yeah. They're di- diamond absolutes. <laughs> Indeed, the perfect things. I do Dude. want to bring this back to Polly Shore, though, if you're okay oh, with me the going a different direction. Yeah, let's wheeze the juice with Polly. Okay, weasel. so I'm not terribly familiar with his career, but I do know that he was he had quite the career in the '90s. Um, again, yeah. that three picture deal with Disney, and he was he's one of Max Goof's best friends in uh, the Goofy movies. 
And uh, he was definitely a big staple. He was in the public consciousness. And then in the 2000s, he kind of petered off. And eventually he came out with a movie called Polly Shore is Dead, which I believe was a mockumentary about his celebrity. And I do think it's interesting, he, I was just looking at his Wikipedia, and I guess he comes from a, um, an industry background, and he decided to start stand-up at 17 rather than study for the SATs, because he just felt like that's more where it was going, and one of his parents even founded, I believe it's the Comedy Store. Uh, so he does have a comedy background, and I, I wasn't familiar with his character the weasel until like reading a little blurb on him were, were you fairly familiar with his films yeah absolutely um uh he was super you know my dad didn't really care for him so it was mm-hmm. kind of like my own uh like i probably only knew the the max goof uh friendship but then like i th- this movie would be on the movie channels and oh, during the summer we were home uh all the time and uh so i was obviously being a healthy kid and watching tv uh mm-hmm. so like i was catching movies like this on the, like it would it was like showtime or stars or whatever the fuck they played this all the time like dickie roberts former ch- former child star which we'll get to one day on the show because um, <laughs> i love that one like lots of flicks like that um and i just thought the dude was funny because i thought the way he talked was funny um mm-hmm. and my obsession it kind of still is my obsession but my obsession uh, when I was young, uh, especially was I loved just learning movie quotes and and when people said things that sounded funny, I thought that was just super silly. So I think that was what the attraction was and probably was kind of like his whole thing for a younger audience was like, look at this goon like this this is a this mm-hmm. is a, a he's a jester he's funny but um yeah like there's there's definitely stuff um. 90s comedy isn't 2020 comedy and that's just like the 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 truth of the matter and and it's for the best um Mm. but i remember uh really digging this dude and his flicks and like even in high school like i had friends that thought Polly Shore was super funny um even though he was definitely not in the spotlight anymore he had a little i remember Polly Shore's dead happening and like i i watched some of it because i was like oh shit um but it was super weird, wasn't it? Like, I, I just remember he, didn't he, like, it was, like, a hoax thing. Didn't he, like, adopt a, a child or some crazy shit or, I don't know. Yeah, was... he had some, something that I read where he went to go to Africa to adopt a child. And uh, I don't, I think that was also a mockumentary. But I wasn't quite clear on reading it on the Wikipedia page. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. And then um, I remember he was on an episode of Workaholics. Mm. Uh, that's probably the most recently I saw that dude in something. That was probably like five years ago. So, yeah, I, I, but I would definitely say that he was in the, in my frame of reference. I think I sort of took a lot of pride in being born in the early nineties. And so I wanted to like know that decade well, as I was coming up, mm-hmm. even in the, th- in the early aughts or whatever the fuck. So in 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 studying in my rigorous study of pop culture there is no way mm-hmm. to avoid him mm-hmm. yeah i think it's interesting he um he does seem to embody a certain uh joie de vie of the 90s 
Uh, he does th- right, like look, yeah, yeah. sound, like everything about him. He just like that. His whole his whole movement, his whole color palette is is the nineties. Mm-hmm. For better or worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching it, and uh, yeah, like like the, the there's probably I'll I'll be interested to see the movie you talked about just to see like if a comedy in the face of like documented factual tragedy or whatever uh mm-hmm. and war it can can work with the right touch so you know it's in good hands like i said it seems like again never saw green book <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but we'll see what we can do with that genre yeah um, it'll be interesting uh it, there are it definitely does get dramatic at a certain point in the memoir as you know war movies are want to do but i do remember like at least it's very funny definitely in the beginning and i i'm very curious to see what they do with it oh you know what's the best uh in my like top fucking five ever that's technically it's not war but it is a military comedy uh last detail um it's jack nicholson and uh it, Hal Ashby made this. It was a book first. Mm-hmm. The, the, I, I got to it backwards because uh, Linklater made that last flag flying. And I am I was like, oh, my God, I love Linklater. What is this? And Jake S. Weissman was like, Luke, you absolute idiot. You buffoon. You need to go watch <laughs> the last detail that Hal Ashby made with, with, with Nicholson. And, like, fucking you're gonna, your, your life's going to change. And mm-hmm. I, after he showed that, he showed that flick to me, like, in the midst of like when I was like writing break and stuff like that, and I watched it like twelve days straight. Like I watched it every day <laughs> for twelve days straight. I was like, "This is everything a film should be." Um, and they are they are Navy guys uh, and mm-hmm. whatnot. But you're you're right. It's not. They're not like. They're not like in the army now. Uh, like overseas, like fighting against like, you know, cartoon terrorists or whatever the fuck. Um, it's all very very real like human interaction and like bittersweet like you know in the in a small like window of time as opposed to and then they're just like oh and these guys are in the navy and it's like that's around Mm -hmm. it and that's the reason these characters come together and that's what's driving the plot but it's more so like just a beautiful character study if you haven't seen the last detail um you ab absolutely absolutely i have it. Watch it i'll put it on my and, list and get ready to just like get ready to just understand what it what 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 it means to to have your heart broken mm. um it's fuck it's good man uh i do love having my heart broken i i'm trying to speak about it as vaguely as possible because i want you to watch it and have every single beat just fuck you up uh okay that's exciting. great, dude. We'll never have an episode about it because it's 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 too good. The, oh Jesus! It's it should mm-hmm. never ever be associated with uh, 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 any bad movie sort of podcast. No way. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a good one. Watch the last detail instead of in the army now, or watch stripes <laughs> uh, and in the army now, and explain to me why one's so much better than the other. And maybe mm-hmm. like I'd love to be told why by somebody who's a fucking stripes authority yeah hit us up uh is our gmail still active our gmail is active everything's active you know it's like um yeah i think that would be a good spot instagrams is i'm trying to do it 
Facebook still going. You can find us anywhere at Bad Movie Brunch. Um, mm-hmm. Twitter, I think, too. We're all over the place. Um, but Facebook's a safe bet. Maybe I'll make a maybe I'll make a poll or something like, please, for the love of God, explain to me. My dad's gonna roll over in his grave and be like, "You are a fucking idiot." Stripes is a masterpiece, and Polly Shore is a, is trash. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's the maybe maybe that's the 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 reason. Hopefully, if somebody can explain to me why why that is the case, I I'd love to mm-hmm. be convinced. <laughs> um, and. Other than that, I, I, I think I have nothing else to say about that. Uh, have you been watching anything else? Yeah, I uh, for my birthday, I had all of my roommates rewatch the entirety of the first season of Cobra Kai with me. Fuck yes. I haven't watched any of it, but I know Kevin Smith has gushed over it on, uh, on podcasts and whatnot. Uh, I've, heard it's, I've heard it's just way better than it has any business or reason being. It's, it's so true. It's, like, I don't want to dive into hyperbole, but I do think it is uh, probably one of my favorite TV shows ever. It just yeah, brings me so incredible. much joy. Yeah. It's I've... just a bunch of dads doing karate. <laughs> I mean, that is, that's the tagline. Put that shit on the fucking poster. <laughs> uh... And it's coming to Netflix. Oh, good, because yeah, they're I, moving you it. had to have YouTube Red or whatever to watch it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and so you were paying to watch Cobra Kai? Oh, yeah. Well, you gotta. I'm so, I'm so impressed to hear that. I love when you come <laughs> in with hot takes. It makes it makes my life so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, that's cool. I've had a lot of the series spoiled uh, just because I wasn't watching and I also wasn't going to turn off the podcast when mm-hmm. people were talking about it. Uh, but I'm impressed with the some of the the story choices I heard. Like, good for them. Uh, what a it, cool, what a cool and interesting way it seems like to revive that that uh, story. Yeah, and it it came to me during like a very vulnerable time of being out here in Los Angeles. Uh, Angela had moved. Uh, my roommate, who I was living out here with, I uh, and I was in an apartment by myself in an area that I wasn't I didn't feel terribly safe in and I was pretty lonely like I didn't know a lot of people and then there was this show that just seemed to like like there's places in the pilot that I recognized there was a hookah place uh that I used to go to in the Encino Commons and so it delighted me to see that and it just at one point one of the characters kicks a boba tea out of a guy's hand and it's just Oh man, it made me feel so good having once been a boba tea barista. Like, oh man, the the amount of joy. Yeah, this is, this is it. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. So yeah, I highly recommend it when it comes out on Netflix uh, and it's more available. That way you don't have to pay anything extra. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, I've also just started watching uh, J.G. Quintel's series Close Enough on HBO Max. Which is about okay. a... Uh, uh, two millennial parents attempting to raise their daughter, and it's very surreal. The uh, JG Quintel also created Regular Show, which is essentially oh, okay. a yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is essentially about being in your twenties, being a slacker in your twenties, but it was um for kids, which I always thought was really funny. And really, the only thing again is that they don't curse and they don't drink, and there's no sex. But other than that, it's just very clearly like what I would consider an adult animated comedy. Yeah, well, I mean, that seems hot right now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, like Rick and Morty, people like are 
the fan base of Rick and Morty is like one of the most uh like vibrant like loud and proud one there is. Everybody my sister's mm-hmm. in that in that Bob's Burgers train. Oh um, yeah, that show's great. Sim- Simpsons had 89 seasons. Uh so you know, I, I, adult animation is super sweet uh and a, a definitely an interesting market to 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 still be cornered. There's not the names in it are super Oh, Big Mouth, that's another one that people seem to mm-hmm. like. Um I, I'm I'm intrigued by that. I think that even still, that's such a, a a wealthy place to dive into. So you should do that, Katie. You you're you're you write animation. <laughs> you're amazing at that. Thank um, you. Especially like else? right now because we're we're living through the Rona, so there's a lot more interest in creating uh, adult animation specifically. People I think are more open to it now because it's just easier to produce and you can do it remotely yeah hell yeah let let the let the animation renaissance begin mm-hmm. if that's if that's the the hidden the hidden gift from this pandemic that'd be sweet mm-hmm. some good animation i'll take it oh i've i've been watching uh have you heard of dispatches from elsewhere no i haven't okay so i hadn't either until about a week ago so i was re-watching the muppets Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, love Jason Siegel. God damn it. I just love him so much. I'd probably seen this flick like a hundred times. Uh, I love the end of the tour. I grew up liking How I Met Your Mother a lot. I don't dig it quite as much now, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I just, I love that dude. Freaks and Geeks was big for me. He was funny and undeclared. So I've just always been a big fan. And I, I wondered what he'd been up to. And I fell down that, that rabbit hole on the internet. And then I was like, what is this show? And apparently my man created the show. Uh, like wrote the first couple episodes and starts like co-writing on others and then like writes the finale and shit um it's like a 10 episode limited series that i guess ran on amc like during like the the beginning like of pandemic like like 10 episodes on amc and so i had to pay for it there was nowhere to really stream it uh but it was 15 bucks for the 10 episodes on amazon and i was like whatever and i started watching it and dude this is one of the first of all let me just well i don't even know how to start it's so it's such a fucking mind bender um it's like this weird living like game being played like like picture like twilight zone meets a real life board game um but like the narrators are like breaking forth walls and it's like this amazing cast with like jason siegel's in it uh, and then you also have like Sally Field and Andre 3000. Um, and it also has a really, uh, interesting, an interesting thing, especially relevantly to what we've been speaking about, like last week with Joanna, Joanna Mann and whatnot. And how we were like, Oh, what should people watch? And I know you and Taylor talked about pose and disclosure and all that good stuff. Um, I keep calling this passages from elsewhere. Hang on. Sorry. I want to make sure I get this right. Um, but one of the main, main characters, uh, Simone is a trans actress, uh, named oh. Eve Lindley. And it's like right under our radar, right, a, a show me and you didn't know about, like, you know, like under, like played on a big ass network on TV and everyone's home potentially with a trans character and trans actress featured right there in the main cast, you know? And, oh, and man. the fact that I didn't even hear about that, uh, mm-hmm. is, 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 kind of weird because the show is is sort of stunning uh i'm about five episodes in and so far like every episode features 
like it's the same group and we meet them all but then every episode we go with one of them sally field mm-hmm. made me made me fucking cry the other day uh which oh, is man. like why should sally field be still making me cry like like why why is she like still so good on this tv show that i didn't even hear about like so i'm thrilled to be watching it i'm i'm thrilled that siegel is like he could have very easily like there's a road that guy takes from you know coming up as one of those like apatow guys and mm-hmm. uh then he he gets his own his own big leading flick with sarah marshall and then muppets and five-year engagement and all these movies i really enjoy uh and stuff but he could have gone that studio road a route especially like when he was in the mainstream with uh how i met your mother and then he said he sort of like did this weird pivot where mm-hmm. he did into the tour uh which was like riveting dramatic role and then uh uh fucking this show but what's the other thing i'm thinking of oh there was that weird movie that on netflix about like people that could like that were killing themselves because they'd seen proof that there was an afterlife or whatever it was really oh bleak. i think i missed that one uh yeah i mean i'm just saying he's making like He's kind of doing that like Pattinson thing where he could like he made the money in big studio flicks, but he's like, now I want to do like interesting acting shit. I don't need to be what they want. I can create and write and do interesting roles and pick and choose sort of. So like good for him. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so nice to hear. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, you should. It's sweet. And that's like especially like coming on the heels of like uh, watching Watchmen and being like, oh, Mm -hmm. my God, there's still game changing television happening. And this is not as good as Watchmen. I, I don't think uh, I don't think anything is, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely in my runner-up category in terms of like I'm just I'm I'm really kind of blown away. It, it's it's more than anything. It's interesting, and there's been nothing intriguing me quite as much as this in a, in quite a while, aside from Watchmen, which melted my brain. Nice. Um, so that's what I got. I'm so glad we found stuff to talk about because I was like, ooh, this is gonna be a short episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I will say this, um, in keeping with the Apatow guy thing, I, I am very intrigued by, uh, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on his name. The guy from Big Time Adolescence, uh, Pete Davidson. Oh Um, yeah. I didn't see that flick. Is it good? It is. Uh, I think it's pretty enjoyable and I'm very curious to see the King of Staten Island because he definitely plays a particular type of character. But uh, I do think that he brings that particular type of character a bit of depth that you don't often see. And Good. I'm very curious to see what happens with him. And I, I'm i kind of delighted when I see him in things now. Yeah, so dude, and he's, I, he's young, too. Yeah. Like, he's got mm-hmm. the, the world on a string, so... Yeah, that was a good time for that to come out uh, streaming-wise, too, while everybody was indoors. Um, mm-hmm. So that must have been, I have to imagine that was a decent platform release. Um, yeah, I have to check it out. I love, I, I, I'm still a big fan uh, of some of those older Apatow movies. I haven't watched a lot of his TV or newer shit in a while, but might be time mm-hmm. to dive back in. But with all that being said, I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Grotzinger. And you have a good one, folks. Watch the last detail.